Today's gospel lesson is the familiar story of Jesus healing the ten lepers, one of whom returns to thank him. This story takes place on the way to Jerusalem. The writer of Luke has made Jesus' journey to Jerusalem the occasion for introducing a number of parables and stories. During the last few weeks, we have explored how these stories shape our faith. The lost coin, the dishonest manager, the rich man and Lazarus. All these stories occurring on Jesus' journey to Jerusalem is to talk about discipleship. They tell us how to faithfully walk in a secular world. And by now, we have come to expect Jesus' stories to have that surprising twist, to contain an element that would be considered radical, if not shocking to the first century Palestine audience. And today's text does not disappoint. Now hear the word of the Lord as it is read from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 17, verses 11 through 19, on page 79 of your Pew Bibles. On the way to Jerusalem... Jesus was going through the region between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered a village, ten lepers approached him. Keeping their distance, they called out, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priest, and as they went, they were made clean. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back. Praising God with a loud voice, he prostrated himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus asked, Where were not ten made clean, but the other nine, where are they? Was none of them found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, Get up and go your way. Your faith has made you well. The word of the Lord. Ten miserable lepers are congregated outside the village. They are exiled from family and friends. They are misunderstood. They are in pain. There is no cure. They are condemned. They cry out to Jesus. We understand, don't we? We also cry out to God in times of exile, when we are separated from those we love, 
when our pain is just too much to bear, when we are frightened. It is right to call out to God in such times, for we are assured that God walks with us in our suffering, and we are not alone. Jesus sees our suffering, and he saw the suffering of the lepers. He cures the lepers. Back then it was believed that leprosy could be cured only by a miracle. And Jesus instructs them to do what the religious establishment required them to do. Return to the priest for certification that they had been cleansed so they could be reconciled with their families and resume their normal lives. Now here's an interesting point. Biblical scholar Alan Culpepper notes that this story could have been told without the simple phrase, when he saw. However, that phrase is repeated twice, and it opens up this story's meaning. When Jesus saw the leper's pain, he acts. When the leper saw that he was healed, he acts. Seeing is a big deal in the Gospel of Luke. Earlier in the Gospel, Jesus said, Blessed are those who see and hear. The Good Samaritan sees the beaten man on the highway. Conversely, the rich man does not see Lazarus at the gate. The writer of Luke obviously wants us to ponder a twofold question. As we go through life, what do we see? And what do we do? when we see. We know that as disciples, we are to follow Christ's example and open our eyes to a suffering world. But we also know that seeing is not enough. When we see suffering, we are called to act with compassion, just as Jesus did in this story. But the focus of the story of the ten lepers is not our call to pastoral care. It is not even our call to social justice. Other biblical passages teach those things very well. Rather, the point of this story is that gratitude, giving thanks, is also a vital part of discipleship, a fundamental requirement for living a life of faith. And here's the twist Jesus throws at us today. The faithful one, the one who sees God's grace and acts, the one who is not only cleansed, but also saved, is from a disciple 
despised race. The animosity between the Israelites and Samaritans was longstanding, as you know, not unlike the tension between the Sunni and Shiite in today's Muslim world. The Samaritans were considered unclean because they were part of a mixed race. They also were seen as opportunists, using the Jewish part of their heritage only when it served them well to do so. And having settled in a more fertile land, the Samaritans were more prosperous. So there might have been a bit of tribal jealousy at play. Nonetheless, it was only the Samaritan who saw that he was cleansed and gave thanks because he knew this was a blessing from God. We do not know the Samaritan's religion or even if he was religious at all. But we know that this one leper recognized God's grace when he experienced it, and that recognition made Jesus call him a man of faith. Having seen that he was healed, the Samaritan act the Samaritan gives thanks. Ten lepers call out to Jesus for help, and they are blessed. Only one gives thanks. A ratio of ten to one. When we think about how many times in our spontaneous prayers we ask for God's help, versus how many times we offer prayers of gratitude. Does a 10 to 1 ratio seem about right? Why is it so hard to be thankful, to see our blessings, especially when we have received so many blessings, experienced so much grace, well, maybe it's because with all the stress and busyness in our lives, it is our troubles and problems that demand the most attention. Our blessings are set aside and put into that, phew, that's one less thing I have to worry about, Fox. We tend to take our blessings for granted. Or maybe the nine other lepers, like we sometimes do, felt they deserved to be healed. That they got what was rightfully theirs, what was coming to them. Who wants to believe that all the good things in our life are not of our own making? We like to believe that we are responsible for our success. It is hard to believe we are created beings, not self-made. It's easy to be self-congratulatory, but not so easy to be thankful. 
But nonetheless, the Christians profess that we belong to Christ and our blessings are a gift from God. Or maybe we have a leadership position in the secular world. And it is our job to be vigilant, to scan the horizon for all possible problems. It is easy to be blind to good things around us when you are the one responsible for identifying practices or policies that could harm your customers or clients, result in a lawsuit, or at the very least, produce negative media coverage. You know, part of an interim pastor's call is to be vigilant as a church leader to scan the church's environment for dynamics that might compromise a new pastor's ministry, for systems that need to be fixed, for programs that need to be strengthened, for practices that need to be made more efficient, and relationships that need to be fostered, all while being a placeholder making sure the church continues through its daily activities to serve God, its members, and the community. But another important part of an interim pastor's call is to help a congregation see its blessings so its members can grow in faith by being truly thankful for all that God has given them. And that's easy to do here at Chevy Chase. In the two years I've been with you as an interim, I have already done all that needs to be done and said all that needs to be said. In the remainder of our time together, however long or short that may be. I want to help you see your blessings. A couple weeks ago, I walked into a program at Miriam's Kitchen and saw many of our members, many of you, sitting among that organization's homeless clients, eager to lend support and learn about strategies to end chronic homelessness. It was a visual image of this congregation's passion for social justice, and for that we can be grateful. Likewise, I see the bright-faced children who attend first service on Sunday morning, eager to participate in the moment for children and learn about their God. And for that, we can be grateful. Faithful women gather in the library every Tuesday afternoon to knit prayer shawls and baby blankets that the pastors and deacons give to those who are sick, lonely, or grieving. 
and for that we can be grateful. Being truly grateful to God who has given us so many blessings is just an important and element of faithful discipleship as is working for social justice and caring for our neighbor. And gratitude is good for us. The theologian novelist C.S. Lewis saw the connection between gratitude and personal well-being. He wrote, I noticed how the humblest and at the same time most balanced minds praise the most while the cranks, misfits, and malcontents praise least. Praise almost seems to be inner health made audible. Gratitude promotes our well-being. Expressing gratitude reminds us that there is a force of love hard at work in the world, a force more powerful than we are, Gratitude helps us realize that the weight of the world does not rest on our shoulders alone. Jesus gave all the lepers what they asked for, physical healing. But only one became whole in body, mind, and spirit, that unlikely Samaritan, who recognized his blessings and knew where his blessings came from. Anyone can give thanks. I urge you, as part of your spiritual discipline, to do a very simple task. Jot down three things for which you are thankful for today before you leave this sanctuary. You can write them down on news and notes or your bulletin and take that list home. And in your prayers this evening, intentionally lift them up to God in gratitude. Through regular thanksgiving, your faith can make you whole. Amen.